Hello, everyone. I'm Ben Smith with the Love and Goliath podcast, and I'm here, very excitedly here, talking with my good friend, friend the one and only <laughs> James Gardner of The Hero Within. How are you, my friend? I'm doing good, Benjamin. It's always a pleasure to be with you, to, to speak with you, to laugh with you, my good man, Ben. I'm great. Thanks for having me on your show. Well, you know what's awesome is usually whatever you guys, you and I have talked, it's been like you've introduced it and you've been all professional and, and just every once in a while you'll say, and the one and only or something like that. And so it was like such a pleasure, <laughs> pleasure to say the one and only <laughs> James Gardner. <laughs> Uh, good stuff <laughs> you're the best um <laughs> <laughs> so i'm so i was so excited to talk to you about the book so yeah. how are you uh how are you feeling like it's it's a big big journey like you're in a great place to uh, like did it feel like a big breath uh no actually but and it feels like uh just another you know, a cup of coffee as you take a sip off yours. Uh, I, yeah, you know, the book, the book uh, was launched to the world on August 29th. And, and whenever your viewers listen to this down the road, you know, it'll, it'll be at some time. And it's been great. I mean, this has been a, a, a little bit over a two year journey for myself. Uh, and there was a moment of accomplishment, a moment of sucking it, you know, just, checking in and saying, Hey, this is cool, <laughs> you know, um, and, and really embellishing in, in, in the journey and not letting, losing sight of that. However, the reason why I say it's, it's, it hasn't been like a collective breath is because I've been doing the marketing pushes. I've been doing the podcasting. I got people writing in reviews on, 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 you know, or doing book orders for people and connecting to people all over the world. So it's, it's uh, it's all go, man. It's all green light go at this point. But it's got to be fun. It is fun. I'm having fun. I mean, obviously, as you know, the book is all around the power of the inner child and getting back to our younger selves. And uh, I am. I This is a sandbox for me. I've been working really uh, hard, but not hard. A hard play. So it's it's enjoyable. Yeah, there's times where I, I feel like I don't even know what day of the week it is or time it is. I mean, I'm never late. And I was actually two minutes late for you, of all people. I apologize, right? <laughs> and I was cussing you out like you would not even believe. I know. <laughs> I know. You're never, you're never late. But, ah, it's Ben Smith. Ah, it's just Ben. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, um. Yeah, so I have a few questions I want to ask you specifically yeah. about the book. But um, actually, one of the first ones I want to ask you is what what drove you to write, write the book? What motivated you? You yeah, probably get asked that a lot, right? Yeah, I, I do get that asked a lot because, I mean, obviously, this is a memoir. So, you know, what motivated, motivated me to write my own story? Uh, much like yourself, Ben, because you and I have... have been together for a while now, you know, I knew, I know that I've lived a, a colorful and experienced rich life. I've done a lot of things, seen a lot of things, so forth, made a lot of bad mistakes along the way, learned from them, pick myself up, so forth and so on. 
so in terms of the work you and I do, I do a lot of speaking, right. And, and coaching and so forth. And so when I would get on podcasts and speak in over the last number of years, people just kept saying, God, you should write a book. Uh, and you know, is because what we do as speakers, we, we, we provide a relatable bridge to ourselves through, through context of, of examples of stories or situations in our own life that we then, you know, share with others in kind of um, in, in an education style format or, or whatever. And so when I have all these things that I draw from, people always inevitably say, my God, James, like you need to write a book. This is, this is insane. So, uh, so I did. <laughs> so I wrote a book finally and, and uh, it just, it felt right though. It was something that it was in the back of my mind for a little bit, but more like a little whisper. I didn't give it much thought. And then, you know, a few, few universal moments happened, uh, a few people telling me to write the book and it all just kind of lined up and then, uh, and then it was time. So, so there was no real, like what I'm hearing from you is there's no real burning ache to write a book. It just kind of, kind of crept up because people kept asking you to. Yes. Yes. Uh, now I can see as clear as day is, is, you know, one thing that was missing from my life was this getting back to the artist mentality. I'm, I'm an artist. And so, you know, I spent a lot of years in the acting world and so forth and writing and stuff as screenplays and producing films and directing films. But I, I, I let that go many years ago. And uh, I just, this was a calling to me to get back to that creative uh, child in me that wants to express and wants to, you know, storytell and, and do it maybe in a unique way. So um, while it wasn't a burning thing at the time, very quick in the process of writing, Ben, it became like, oh my God, this is what I've been missing. Mm. Is this, is this creative fire? Hmm. Well, wow, that's awesome. So, so what, it, what was your favorite part of the process? I mean, for people that, you know, most people probably understand there's a process, right? You know, mm -hmm. you, the rough draft, the editing, the, the going back, the, like, what was your favorite? And even the process you're in now, like what, what has been your favorite part of it so far? Well, there's, yeah. I mean, every, I think every author has their unique process that works for them. Uh, and there's a pro there's a process that has to go for every author in terms of writing a brief, a book, right? There's a sequence of events that happen. And then within that sequence of events, our own process happens of how we get from A to B and B to C and so forth. Uh, for me, I, I loved, I loved the writing. I loved, so when, when I was truly in the, in the, in the trenches of writing this, you know, it was, there were days where I channeled five, six, eight hours of writing. Uh, and, um, you know, not a, in all the days that I wrote, so I wrote 459 days straight without taking a day off of writing. Crazy. Um, and then, you know, the book was about a two year process of writing, you know, from draft one to draft five. And during that time, I never wrote anything without music. Uh, so I always had a score accompanying whatever I was working on. So because I'm such a film guy, and, and to be honest with you, 
full transparency, I'm not really a book guy. I don't read a lot of books. I'm, I'm more visual. I like, I like that symphonic film style. I just do. And that's the way I went about writing. So that was probably my favorite part is, is, you know, I would, because of my film background, I could see, I was creating a movie in my head, literally of how I was writing it. And then I had certain music playing in the background to kind of elicit the emotion that I was going for. And uh, my hope is, and my, my trust is, is that energy will be in the pages somehow and people will feel that, that kind of sweeping epicness in certain areas and the, the emotional, you know, distraught sadness in others and, and kind of like that visceral feeling. Yeah, that must have been a, a, a really amazing part of it, just putting yourself back into it and feeling it, as I'm sure you, you probably did in some of those, so those experiences that were quite sensual or whatever, right? Yeah, I, I had absolutely been. I, I, I mean, as, as a conscious male, much like yourself, I am very emotionally accessible. So, uh, you know, I've always been in touch with my emotions. And, and however, in this writing process, I was very emotional. Um, even, even, even like happy emotion or just the emotion of something landed, landing so profoundly for me in terms of, my God, this is exactly what needs to happen in this moment. And, and, you know, there's, there was a lot of days that, yeah, it was very emotional, ran the gamut of, of emotion. And, be, and to be honest too, in, in terms of a memoir, obviously it was also therapy for me. It was also very cathartic to, to relive some amazing moments in my life, uh, some lost relationships in my life, um, family members to also to relive you know, some really painful decisions in my life uh, and, and to relive some of that emotion like an actor going into to a, a character, you know, and, and it, that really was me as, in terms of James, the author, going back into, you know, a time in New York where Jim made a really, you know, a hard life-altering decision. And to kind of relive that was, was quite quite powerful. Hmm. I see. Well, what were your favorite, uh, what were some of your favorite sections to write? Mm. Like where you're just like, Oh, I cannot wait to write. This. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I know I had some of those myself. Yeah. I have a few. Uh, tell, tell, tell. I have a few actually. <laughs> tell. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, this is the thing about my book. I want to preface it and say that, uh, you know, All In With Love is a book that has a lot of different writing styles in it. Uh, so I loved uh, my chorus section. So I have these just one page chorus sections. There's seven of them throughout the book that um, bridge the gap between different arenas that the stories take place in, very much like what Shakespeare would do back in the day. So I had fun creating my own kind of Shakespearean prose in, in a certain type of, you know, kind of epic poeticness um, that's really standalone from the rest of the book, right? So I, so I enjoyed that. And uh, I enjoyed the, the, the poetic style with which I, I 
like to write in terms of, um, yeah, I mean, obviously, Ben, you've read a lot of my stuff. You've, you've seen some of my, you know, my shares and stuff online. And, you know, like those those clips that I share where it's just very kind of sweeping and, and, and romantic and poetic and the metaphors and, and, and things like that. I love writing like that. Uh, and, and even I, I can't write a whole book like that, though. That's just, you know, it's too much, right? But those sections where I threw in that kind of symphonic romantic style i love that throughout the book um, I, I love those i love those pieces that you you put in there like because they're, they're they are they're very artistic and they're beautifully written and they're just yeah like i say they're symphonic i guess yeah thank you thank you for saying that they are they are like my little artistic brush where i i got to dance a little bit more as a writer as opposed to just you know creating you know a story so the reader can understand what's going on. Right. And, and, and I enjoyed sprinkling those in and, and, you know, there may be for some readers out there, you know, it might be too heavy handed on that. And some readers are going to want more of that. That's, that's the, the blend. Um, two other, two other things I loved. I loved uh, writing my childhood arena was probably my favorite. So from, really? from when little Jimmy was born until little Jimmy moved to New York City. So from zero to 23, I mean, it starts when I'm seven years old. So from seven to 23 is is, is how you meet Jimmy in the book. And, and uh, I just love that time frame. Um, and uh, there's a lot of humor in there. There's a lot of wit uh, in the dialogue. Uh, there's... Um, because it was innocence, right? And and I think the journey as you progress in the book is is about lost innocence, and then innocence finally regained. But in that lost innocence, then it becomes darker and more emotional, and and there's there's more kind of traumatic things, and 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 you know it it, it goes from like a a Stand by Me style Spielberg feel in the first you know quarter of the book. And then it slowly goes into a Scorsese kind of rough and tumble street cred, New York city. And then it kind of goes into, you know, uh, more of like a, a Terrence Malick uh, kind of Darren Aronofsky style, just really kind of guttural, emotional, distraught at times, you know, dark at times. Uh, and then we, but then we, we, we come out of that and we, uh, we get back to the, back to the lightness, you know? Cool. Actually, I kind of, uh, I'm surprised you, you said that because I know that you had some struggles growing up and, and, and as a kid and stuff like that. So I'm a little bit surprised that you said that, but I, as you explain it, it's like, oh yeah, I can see that. Yeah, cool. Well, you know, it, yeah, obviously being born with asthma and, and the challenges that, that arose from that and, and having a, you know, a near death experience at 17, you know, my dad saving my life and, and then going on to some really, you know, achievements in sports and stuff. Um, it's wrought was still wrought with some, I guess you would label them perhaps as traumatic moments as a young child that definitely, you know, caused me to act and behave a certain way as I became adult and make poor decisions based on the shit that little Jimmy went through hundred percent. 
Uh, however, in terms of writing it, I love that world. You know, I love my my neighborhood. I love that time of being a kid and and you know playing every day. I grew up in a neighborhood where there was you know eight to ten of us on every day that would meet at the bottom of the hill with our bikes and be like, okay, what are we doing today? Like every day, that was it. Like you know, that was our street. We had every house had kids. It was amazing and you know, the adventure and the life lessons and, and all that. So I really, I just really enjoyed it. And of course, as you know, rowing is such a huge thing for me, you know, getting into the rowing world at university finds that, you know, um, are forever like just the, the, the high points of my life in terms of, you know, memories and, and, and love, you know. Cause I was going to, I was actually, I was going to ask, my next question was going to be like, which, which moments, and I know you're, you're probably going to be like, well, I'll read the book, read the book, read the book for people. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I want to like, like, I was going to ask, what are, what are the moments where, or if you had to pick one or two moments where I was like, it's so great to dive back into that. It's so great to dive back into that and relive it and refeel it. Aside from, like you said, I mean, you you had your childhood, but but beyond that, I mean, you kind of answered it here, but but I want yeah. I want it to be more. <laughs> there's, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's a couple of specific things. I'll give you a couple. Uh, obviously, diving back into the rowing in university, specifically the, you know, my second year in university, where we um, where we my the boat that I was in came in second in the nation and. It's such a great part of the book. And I, and I mean that very humbly because everybody who reads this book talks about that section of the book, you know, from the Cinderella sports stories, the, you know, the, the dreamers, the, the, the ability never to say never and never give up. And, and all of that is just, it's so it's so powerful and uh, reliving that and reliving the race, the final race is so, you know, I, it's just powerful. And, and you know, again, I haven't had one pre-reader yet because I've had the books only been out now for a handful of time right now. Uh, every pre-reader has cried, like been sobbing at the end of that chapter. Kidding, right. eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's, it's about five chapters in total, but it's an introduction to to Jimmy at university, joining the rowing team, what rowing's all about, and then it talks specifically about this spe this special year where nine ordinary individuals came together uh, and and stepped onto an extraordinary stage. Uh, so. It's, it's something that's probably the most, my most cherished moment in my life, um, honestly. And, and I think it's probably the, the that's defined me most in life, that, that series of chapters. Uh, so that's a big thing for me, for sure. I will also say that, um, let me give you two others. Um, I was talking about this on another podcast recently. 
the love and and knowledge I I got from my grandfather. So I was very fortunate enough to grow up only a half a mile from my grandparents on my mom's side, right? So being an only child, I spent a lot of time with my with my grandparents. We went fishing and and so Scottish gentleman, you know, always had a scotch in his hand, always had humor, was always up, had some up to some mischievous stuff, you know, just and uh he he was there a lot for me as a boy, um, with the comfort of of his buttermilk pancakes and and just taking me, making me feel okay, especially when you know, dad was working and mom was working or whatever. Uh, so there was a lot of things. And, and as I became uh, a young man in terms of a teenager into my late teens, he provided a lot of counsel for me, a lot of decisions that I made, very important decisions in my life were made because of conversations I had with him. And uh, I... I always, I mean, I, I've, I've had a picture of my grandfather ever since I moved to New York. I, it's always with me, you know, but, but writing the book and connecting to those moments opened up a whole new relationship because I, we forget about things, mm. you know, we, we forget about the impact sometimes. So that was a big thing. That was a, that was a big thing. Um, and uh, then I'll just say, lastly, Ben, uh, so many. I'll say this towards the end of the book. I'm going to say that um, I really enjoyed writing the f- fantasy element of the book. And I can, I can explain what I mean by that because it's not all of a sudden I'm like doing sword and sorcery in the book. But... <laughs> Um, we, you know, I've established this thing. Obviously the book is a journey back to my younger self. It's, it's a middle-aged man going on a quest for little Jimmy, right? So in the beginning of the book and in that Jimmy phase, I talk about the things that Jimmy loved, you know, the movies of Spielberg, the, you know, the Indiana Jones and the roadie, he was roadie Jimmy and, and, from Rhode Island, right? So it was Rhodey Jimmy and, and uh, Star Trek, the love of Star Trek and and that, and the Gorn, the famous lizard creature that would fight Captain Kirk on the Zenith television, right? <laughs> and and then, you know, in the towards the end of the book where James is now a middle-aged man and goes into the jungle of his own mind to find out and rediscover who he is after uh, after an altering, a life altering decision. As he's going in the jungle, I've created different chapters that replay different elements of Jimmy while James is on the search back to Jimmy. That makes sense. So, for example, you know, one of my favorite chapters is where I take my two girls, my two young girls. Um, on a camping trip. And this is after I left our marriage and, and our relationship's very rocky. And it was a lot of guilt, right? That that I had, I had <clears throat> over their mom, 
over them. And so I write the scene, I write the chapter is me enjoying this amazing time, but we're at a campfire and then they start to ask me to tell them a story. So then I tell them a story about when Jimmy went canoeing with his dad, right? And so I built that in, but then it goes one step further into a fantasy element where James is in the jungle of his mind and, he's, and he, he has to fight this mythical beast and this beast is the, the Gorn of guilt, right? Like the Star Trek Gorn, but it's the Gorn of guilt. And so, you know, the, the, the James in the jungle has his Star Trek style uniform on Captain James, because I always wanted to be Captain Kirk. And, you know, and so I, I weave in fantasy elements that are going on in James's head while he's in the jungle trying to come, you know, come to terms with a lot of stuff. So that... I really enjoyed writing that element of the book too, because I thought it was a nice kind of tie-in to the beginning. Uh, and I thought it was from a, from a writing standpoint and an artistic standpoint, I thought it was really creative and intelligent. Mm. So I, I really enjoyed that. Nice. Um, how about some of the, uh, the relationships and stuff like that? Did you, I mean, again, I haven't read the book. I only uh, have read, parts you know the parts that you've whatever posted and stuff like that but is there is there a very very big uh relationship part of like the relationships or was that hard to write was it fun to write was it yeah i had to include that um was it fun to write i don't know if they were fun to write you know i i i kind of in the story of my life i i went over some key relationship moments you know from the, the awe and, and just innocence of, of my high school sweetheart and, and that experience, you know, and yet how, you know, even then when warriors are called to adventure, meaning I knew something in my spirit was I want more than just to stay in a small town and, and, and things like that, that, you know, life life sometimes doesn't work out. And, and so, you know, that innocence kind of melts away by the reality of life, you know, and then, you know, some, some relationships in New York, some failed relationships that, um, that didn't work out. Um, whether I was brooding as an actor, right. I was, I was just too, too much in that, my own shit to, to really be present uh, in a relationship. And some of the times where, you know, I, I lost the girl, you know, and, and so a big part of relationships for me was again, you know, in that beginning part of the book where I talk about, you know, Jimmy was, was his shame was a steel chair at dance, right. And uh, in, mm -hmm. in the middle school dances, when, when that first came around and there's this single alley on the side of the gym where all the single people sit during the slow dances. And that's where Jimmy always sat because no one wanted to dance with him, you know? And so um, that was a mark that actually, you know, caused Jim later on in New York and growing up, you know, being an adult to make some poor decisions. Or there were times where he still felt like he was on a chair when he was dating a celebrity, but the celebrity didn't really, I was too low on the ladder for her. You know, and she ditched me and, and 
went on to, you know, marry a famous celebrity too, right? And things like that. So that, you know, I, I talk about that. I talk about love. I talk about love in, in how it relates to where we are in life at a certain point. Um, you know, failed marriage, uh, infidelity, you know, I, I, I have, I've, I've shared it all in there in terms of, just in terms of understanding that for me in the book, it's about acceptance. Uh, you have to take ownership and you have to stand in that. You have to be, you have to accept, you know, that you've caused pain. You have to accept that you've made bad decisions. Uh, it's what you do with that knowledge that is the most important thing. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You know, I, I imagine like for a lot of writers doing the whole, the whole relationship, like, you know, good and bad must be like a real, real, um, yeah. A land of uh, like landmines all over the place <laughs> as far as that goes. Well, yeah. You know, I mean, I think God, everybody has, everybody has their own, history of relationships and you know there are those people out there that you know date the one person and they end up marrying the one person and they're happy as a pig in poop i amazing <laughs> god bless them right but i think for a lot of us that's not the norm yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know especially and i'm going to speak for you too uh if i may that you know i think we've both been on a conscious journey of stepping into a higher state of ourselves. And, and, you know, even the, the trials and tribulations that you went through, Ben, uh, and even the decisions that I made back, back then, I think the underlying thing in both of us was we, we were still good guys. Like we're, we, we were still, had this spark of like, you know, we're, we're trying to find things. We're trying to figure out what, what is it like how to be happy? What, you know, trying to ask those questions in life, you know? And, and uh, yeah, I think when you, when you do that, then you're, you're seeking answers. Sometimes those answers are not in a certain relationship, you know, and, and, you know, there are people in the world that I think are constantly evolving, you know, and, and I, I do consider myself one of those. So in terms of some of those relationships, which all were amazing, all, you know, um, made me a better person in their own unique way. And they also served a certain level of growth for me. Right. Mm. And, uh, and for me now, you know, now I'm at 53 in the book, when I, you know, the book is about the book kind of ends when I'm like 51, if you will. Right. But in that growth period, that's when I realized I went back and got everything for here. And so now I'm, I'm crystal clear on a lot of stuff of, of, of what I need in relationships in, in business in life uh, and so forth. Right. It's just a it's just a learning process, though. Mm. I find that really interesting. I, I don't want to interject myself too much to this, but I've heard people kind of say the same. Say when I was younger, it's like, dude, you're a whore. It's like, no, I'm not a whore. I'm just like, I'm not a whore at all. But I just like you're looking for you're just navigating. You're looking for experiences, right? And you're learning, right? 
Yeah, and and you know it's it's unfortunate, Ben, because you know that's a whole other conversation. But but the whole that concept of that three letter word sex and 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 stuff it it's just you know what everybody seems to want to have an opinion everybody seems to want to um judge or invalidate um someone's past behavior someone's present behavior or whatever that is and you know, it, it, it's one of the many sad states of, of the current world that we live in, unfortunately, in my opinion. Uh, but yeah, like some people have less experiences than other in relationships, sexual, whatever it is. And some have more and uh, some have more for a variety of reasons. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and at the end of the day, we're human beings and we need experiences and, and you know, we're, we're I'll speak for myself. I'm growing. I've been on a growth path from the day I was born. Uh, and I, I'll speak, you know, for you too. A lot of men, they constrict, they get to a certain point and they start going backwards in their growth. They constrict. They don't, they're not curious. They're not, they don't want to do things. They don't want to whatever. And we see this all the time. And, and with women, right? We see women, women are always expanding. Uh, you know, they, they're always seeking more. They always want more, you know? And so, uh, and maybe that's why you and I always talk about uh, that kind of divine feminine that I think both of us have, right? We are very fit, masculine, A-type guys. And we're, we walk in the feminine too. We really do. And maybe mm-hmm. that's why we continue to grow. Hmm. Nice. Um, so, so what about like, is there anything that you just like, Oh, I wish I had added this to the book or, Oh, you know, I, I, Oh, I wish I had elaborated just a little bit more. Like, you know, like, is there anything like that that you just like, Oh, if only I could just pull all those books back and just like, <laughs> then put it back out there. <laughs> um, that's a great question. I mean, honestly, Probably an unfair question in some ways, but I still want to hear it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, uh, much like your book that you've you've put together and, and you've been writing for a while, um, my finished book is is sixty thousand words less than my draft three. So my draft five and my draft three have really shrunk down. So, you know, I cut out some some segments. I mean, I. I I'll get right. I'm going to give you a couple of things. I wish I, I, I do. Okay. Here we go. I have a lot of, I have a lot of celebrity influences in the book, celebrity mentions in the book um, and interactions. So I was very privileged living in New York and LA where I ran into a lot of celebrities. I actually had conversations uh, with celebrities and so forth. So I've woven that into the book in a storytelling format. And I left, I left a good number of them out. And because, you know, as Tina Overberry, our, our, our good friend always says, it has to serve the story. You know, it can't just be me fucking doing a Rolodex of all the famous people that I interact with. Cause then it's just like, Oh, well, like I'm tooting my own horn or, you know, it's got to mm. serve the story. However, I think 
there's a way, there, there's still a way that I can incorporate all of that and have it be fun and witty and, and serve the story. Because there's, people really love those little anecdotes in the book where I, I run into Robert Plant from Led Zeppelin and, or having tea with Sandra Bullock and things like that. They love that. And I know if there was a way I could do it more with some, some, some other great people that I met, it would be really cool um, from small town life to those experiences, you know? Uh, so that's a big one. And then the other thing is, and this is just me being a little nitpicky, you know, I'm a first, I'm a first time author. Right. Uh, and I know, I know the book is written well. Uh, I've gotten the feedback. I've gotten the professional reviews. Uh, I feel confident. I also know though, Ben, there's some sections that just aren't as tight or as well-written as others. And I would go back to those chapters, those handful of chapters, which I know which ones they are off the top of my head. Uh, and I would figure out a way to really just make those sing. Because there's, there's moments in the book where the page just truly sings. And then there's, there's moments where I think it's just like telling a story and it's just like, oh, it's okay. I would fix those. Mm but I didn't have the time. And I was like, my God, I let's go. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so obviously you, you become a much, I mean, you, your writing is beautiful. It really is beautiful, but, but you obviously, I mean, you always learn the more you do anything you learn, but are you, do you have more books in you that you're just going to like, okay, now I can't wait to do the next one with everything I've learned on this one. Yes. I have more books in me, Ben. I, I, I will say this, I, I don't know, it'd be interesting. I'll tell you what's been on the top of my mind now for probably about six, seven months. Um, this book truly is my magnum opus. I mean, this is my life's work. Uh, I, think, uh, I think every artist gets one of those, mm. you know? And, and we've seen this in film where like, you know, this new director comes and he makes this thing that just, was the best thing he ever did, <laughs> right? Um, the way the book is and the styles and everything, I think is so unique. If I'm going to write, which I do want to write, very much so, um, there's offshoots of books in this book, if that makes sense. So mm -hmm. um, while this book is not a self-help book in terms of labeled self-help and not written anything like a typical self-help book, there are takeaways. And one thing that I thought of doing was having a, creating a 365 day kind of um, inspirational excerpt from the book and doing it in a way where it's like you have little Jimmy's voice and James's voice. So you get that perception of anything in life, right? Of a young perception and an older perception mm, that's super cool right and then there's your thought for the day or there's your you know from a young lens and an old lens what's yours you know something like that and because there's a lot of those moments in the book so i think that's really what i'm thinking of doing is like an offshoot of this and keep this kind of thread going yeah 
<laughs> do you okay I, I mean you're really in the process right now of marketing and all these things but is there i mean is there any part of it that you that's just like oh shoot i, I couldn't go into it again like that like where it's like two years of like focus and writing and like a little bit kind of like i don't know man could i do that again well <laughs> not really you know the, i enjoyed the process i mean the, the Going into my next writing adventure, whatever it will be, I don't have to relive some of the more painful moments that I experienced in reliving that in this, this book, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. right? So um, I, don't, I don't think so. I don't think, um, you know, the, the writing every day and, you know, you and I are athletes, that's what you got to do. When you're committed to something, you show up every day and you do the work, right? We mm-hmm. talk about that, right? So that doesn't that doesn't bother me. Um, yeah, no, not really, and not really. I think um, the only thing I don't the only thing is the unknown. That's the thing. And, you know, here I am with a book. Uh, I have uh, a unique book. I have a, a a good story. What I feel is a good story. What others have said. I get a really not, I get a beautiful cover. It's catchy. It's, I love it, the cover. Yeah, it's very, it, it, it stirs emotions just from the cover. Um, I'm getting good reviews. And at the end of the day, it's a visibility game, right? It's about just, I know I have something here that people can gravitate to. They just have to find it. And that unknown is what's, is still is just like that bully on the playground bonking me because I'm I'm in the marketing right now, but it's just like I gotta go. Just every day I just show up because it's just about creating that the, the shock wave of this from people reading it and so forth. And and because this is all new to me, right? So that's the one thing that I just kind of drives me a little bit nuts. <laughs> um well I was I was gonna wrap it up pretty quick here, but I wanted to ask you um on that note, um, would you be okay? Would you would you still be very satisfied if if nobody ever had nobody had ever read your book? Would you would the whole process have still been worth it to you? It's kind of a heavy question, right? That's a heavy question, and and I want to be very truthful and transparent with that question. That's why I'm pausing because I am an artist, because I am a performer. Um, as much as I've done the work, I do I do want to impact others. So in being of service and being of contribution in the work, work that I do, I feel that this book people. And so if, if no one reads the book, then I'm not going to move people and therefore I'm not being of service. Mm. So I think it would bother me um, to not have anybody read this book, but I feel the same. Don't think so. Um, because I love sense of accomplishment, but I've, I've, I've made amends and, and made a new relationship with the ego in me that used to cash the checks So while sitting here and pulling out a nice 
beautiful book that's all done by me and has my name and whatever, you know, that that's feeding a part of me that I, that I don't really want to be involved with anymore. Mm -hmm. Right. So, hmm. um, and, you know, um, I will say from a, from a business standpoint and from a impact standpoint, you know, I want this book to get out there because I, I think it can do stuff and, and indirectly do stuff for me. Of course, of course, I will have more speaking opportunities because of this book. I will have more keynotes because of this book. And, and so I want as many people in the world to probably read this book. Yeah. <laughs> of yeah. course, Right. Um, but, but truthfully, Ben, it's because it's, it's powerful. It's, it's the inner child, man. You and I, you, we talk happiness all the time. You are the guru of happiness. Well, the reason why you're the guru of happiness, besides that you've done the work, is because you're little Ben every day of your life. You're little Ben. That's it. Yeah. Right? And so we all have a little someone. Reconnecting to that little someone can make us that much happier, truthfully, in everything. And then learning how to bring the little one into work, into relationships, into creating a business, into writing a next book. That's where you're setting yourself up for success. Great answer. But my final, my final question um, as we close this out is related to the last one, you know, about like, would you be okay if nobody read the book? If I, if a tree falls in the forest and nobody is there to hear it, does it make a sound? We're all waiting to hear this, James. Come on now. You just gave us a super enlightened answer about the book and purpose <laughs> and stuff like that. We're counting on you. I'm going to go. Does it make a sound? Well, it depends. No, it doesn't make a sound because a sound is a human construct created by human beings that doesn't exist, truthfully. So in ergo, it doesn't make a sound. Yes. <laughs> That's freaking, I, I agree. And I believe that you are the smartest man that ever lived. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's awesome. God, I have, I have so much fun chatting with you, James. <laughs> always and i'm so proud of you and i'm so happy that you have this you've expressed this amazing work to the world and and i could not be i could not be happier for you man oh, and prouder oh. i appreciate that ben you know i love you like a brother and uh you know it's uh you've been you've been involved in, in a good chunk of this journey my friend uh, of this book, you've been around for me and, and, and been, you know, in my community and likewise through, I think probably almost all of this, I think we, you know, I think you and I connected, I think we connected right around COVID. Didn't we connect like the beginning of 2020, give or take something like that? Yeah. Right around there. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So, you know, I started writing this in, in uh, June 12th of 2020. So, you know, you've been, you've been around for that journey. Pretty cool. Yeah, like I say, I just could not be more proud and excited for you. And just, oh man. Well, thank you so much for talking to me and expressing all these great uh thoughts and emotions around this amazing book. And 
I just cannot wait to see it make its way around the world and impact people like I know it's going to. Uh, thank you, man. Appreciate it. Mad love to you. Thank you. Mad love to you, brother. Have a good one. All right. Cheers. Thank you all so much for joining us, as always. We love hearing from you, so if you have comments, questions about the episode, topics you want us to cover, or anything else, you can find us on Instagram as Loving Goliath, on Facebook as The Goliath Foundation, you can email us at lovinggoliath at gmail.com, or you can find out more information about The Goliath Foundation at thegoliathfoundation.com. Hey, did you know that 36% of our listeners tune in through Apple Podcasts? If that's you and you liked what you heard today, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you again, and we'll catch you next time. Bye.